Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. And this is Bobby Gaither, pastor of Hope Fellowship in Hillsborough, Oregon. Hey, in today's podcast, we are going to talk about Good Friday. Uh, briefly, Nick, what is Good Friday? Uh, so yeah, good, <laughs> good Friday. Uh, so, well, I think, I think it's worth noting. This is a bonus episode. Bonus. We don't, we don't normally like record on what's today, Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, we don't normally put things out during the week, but this is, uh, this is passion week. Uh, so we put out one for Palm Sunday. We want to put out one today, uh, one for Easter, maybe one on Saturday, maybe depends on how, I, I don't know how how good we are, how creative <laughs> how together, we are, how together how much we have time everything. We have. Yeah, uh, but Good Friday. Uh, so, well, before we get into just what it is, because uh, I think we do, we need to talk about what is Good Friday, what happened on this day. Uh, but you said something yesterday, and, and I want to know. You asked me, "Do I have any Good Friday traditions?" And I was like, "You like go to Good Friday service? That's what we do." Um, <laughs> We often do, uh, you know, the Bible time with our kids and walk through stuff. But I feel like you have a story. So, what do you do for Good Friday? I, it's. I mean, we do Good Friday service as well. Um, so, there, you know, that's a tradition. Um, I I admit, I admit to um, watching the Passion every Good Friday night. Really? Yeah, I do, and not not because I, you know it's not. There's some interesting, you know, pieces there that aren't necessarily fully biblical. You know, I don't think a, a crow, um, you know, taunts and demonizes Judas. Um, <laughs> I don't think little children turn into demons or anything like that, too. This is going a weird place now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but Yes, demon children. I, demon, I wasn't planning on bringing children. those up for this episode. <laughs> But now that you have, what are your thoughts on demon children? <laughs> All right, so you uh, watched the Passion, the so Mel Gibson version. I do watch the Mel Gibson Passion because version. Because he was inspired just as the, uh, the the biblical writers were. No, and, <laughs> no, no. No, but, no, but, but it is. You know, I thought the video was good. I remember watching it a, a while ago. I think I think what happens too often is, you know, we, we talk about the cross, we sing about the cross, but we don't really know how brutal the cross was. Yeah. Um, I so so the 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 point and the reason for me is is to remember how how brutal, um, how excruciating uh, the cost to redeem humanity. Yeah. Um, upon Jesus, the perfect Son of God. Um, that 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 always is the the main takeaway for me as I as I watch the passion um, most of the time it's like at 10 11 o'clock at night when everyone's in bed <laughs> it's not something you know you mean, my kids aren't ready kids for you aren't like Woo! no no we no nor is my wife she's like I don't want to watch that <laughs> but, you know it, it is one of those you're right it, it's hard to watch a lot it's not like you grab a bowl of popcorn you know some ice cream sit down like all right passion um but it is good, and it is, you're right. I think it is good to be reminded of of the horror because we read it. Um, but but that video does do a good job on 
on visualizing at least to some extent what it was like. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was good. Well, that's a, that's a cool tradition. All right. I'll think about it. My parents are actually flying up here on Friday. And so we're going to be hanging out uh, throughout the Easter weekend. And maybe we'll watch it too. I don't know. <laughs> I have to think about that. With, with, with popcorn and ice cream. <laughs> with, it's just not one of those kind of movies, you know? It's, no, it's not. It feels like sacrilegious, like <laughs> popcorn during the crucifixion. Like, yeah. There's a special place in hell, I think. <laughs> with the demon children. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. Uh, so, hey, you, you guys have good Friday service. Now, apparently, you have the night off, which is awesome. Uh, but you got another guy preaching. What, what's he preaching on? Yeah. Um, well, he's he's going through the gospel account. He's going through the crucifixion account. So, okay. um, uh, Which uh, uh, particular gospel or kind of weaving them know, all? You know, I think he's putting them together. I think he's putting them all together. Uh, awesome. And, and just taking us through a reading of it. Um but but yeah, we believe in this whole plurality thing here at at Hope, where where other guys get to come and, and preach too. I, I I don't know if you do that there at uh, at uh, TPC, but uh. <laughs> so actually this Friday we always try to do something fun for like the Good Friday, the Christmas Eve service. So actually, I have another guy, Ben. You know Ben Wood. Yeah, uh, Ben's kind of the right hand guy who makes everything sound amazing and work here at Timberline, and we are actually going to tag team it. So awesome. we're going to spend 10 minutes each uh, at the most uh, with everything else going on. And he's going to preach on Philippians 2 on how the cross reveals the glory of God. And I'm going to preach on 2 Corinthians 5. Oh, no, sorry, Romans 5. That'd be weird. Uh, I'm going to do Romans 5 and how the cross reveals the love of God. So we're going to show how both the glory and the love of God is revealed at the cross um, and those are two purposes that are not apart from each other, but are, are really married to each other. So uh, I'm excited about that. That'll be a good one. I was, we were debating about having like Chris Gorman, and one of my other elders also, and kind of doing three or four talks. But then it was going to get so small, each of our uh, time uh, yeah. for speaking and trying to keep it within. We try to stay usually about an hour on those nights. Um, so it's just kind of our, yeah. what we do. So anyways, uh, so I'm excited about that. We're actually uh, sitting down to dinner together as a church. So our church, really? is, sm- our church is small enough that, uh, that we're going to put a bunch of round tables in the sanctuary. The original idea was, was it for, to, for it to mirror the Passover, um, or, or should I say mirror the, the Last Supper of yeah. Jesus. Um, but uh, you know, we decided against roasting lambs. Um, uh, and and instead we're getting fried chicken. That's slightly <laughs> anticlimactic, like KFC. Um, probably more like the baked chicken. But yeah, I mean we're gonna we'll have some chicken. You know, not wings. I mean it'll be actual pieces of chicken. But you, but, gotta, you know, we're, you gotta we're, do bacon wrap chicken. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, <laughs> that would be very uh, you know interesting. New covenant, you know, with it with the bacon. Um, <laughs> Well, we, we are in the new covenant. I think we got to use our freedom. Okay. All right, let's keep Wait, going. Let's move on. So we have, we have Good Friday. So what happened on this day? I mean, when we talk about Good Friday, it is the, it is the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who has, who has come to this earth, born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, and, and we call it Good Friday. Now, there's irony there, right? 
Like it's good, yeah. and yet it's the Son of God who's who's being crucified. So at the same point, it's this greatest scandal of all because Jesus, hundred percent human, hundred percent God, uh, had no sin. He he does not deserve death. Uh, and yet he is dying in our place. And so it's this great scandal. It's the most horrific event to have ever happened that Jesus would be rejected by his creation and crucified. And yet at the same time, it is the greatest event of all history because it's, it's why we have hope that Jesus Christ dies on the cross for us. You know, um, let's go back to you. You said it's the, it's a, it's a greatest scandal in all history. Uh, it's 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 the most it's the most sinful act in all history. Yeah, and if you think about it, I mean, the crucifixion of the perfect Son of God. You know, we look at and and rightfully so, we look at things um, like murder, but murder especially, or 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 like a brutal murder, or um, or torture. Um, um, especially of children or the innocent as being the most brutal thing that we know of, the most condemnable. Um, And yet there is nothing more condemnable than crucifying the perfect son of God. That's more, it's more horrific. That's more horrific than, than anything. And I, and I, I dare, dare I even say it, but, it's more horrific than child sacrifice. It's more horrific than um, than rape. Than uh, I, it, there is no other act in history than genocide. It's more horrific than genocide, and, and we don't grasp that. Well, what is it? Uh, it's uh, Matthew twenty six twenty four. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man to have not been born. Yeah. I mean, that that's a big text. That, that's huge. Not yeah. been born. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's um, the gravity of what was, what was played out by the hand of Judas. Yes. By Satan through Judas, what was played out through him uh, is of such horrific nature that that there's there's no I mean Jesus calls him the son of perdition. You know, there's there, I, I don't know how to say it, but it, it's almost as if like there's no hope for him. <laughs> I mean, it's. It, yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting that's, like that's, like like thought like could there even been repentance? Yeah, um, you know I think when we think of a person, you know, who is so hardened to to God that he would willingly betray the Son um, after spending time with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to be a persistence in that heart, a hardening in that yeah. heart that we read yeah. about, like in Revelate or uh, in Hebrews, in certain parts that it would seem that that he has no desire for God at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but let's go to so, so there. So it's a scandal. It's this it's this horrific event, and yet 
Yeah, it's the greatest event. It's Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, th- there are certain things like we can talk about Friday. Uh, we can talk about Easter. We can talk about Christmas. Those are just key pivotal times that really all the gospel hinges on those days. Like if there's no birth of Jesus coming as man, then we don't have a proper substitution. So so Christmas is, is just essential to the gospel. If there's no death of the Son of Man, well, then there's no debt being paid for our sins. So that is essential. And of course, if there's no resurrection, then none of it matters because then he, uh, to go back to our, our heresies, he's just like Batman. He's yeah. got cool gadgets. He He's better than most other people, but apparently he was still not God, not good enough, not sufficient enough. And so when he died, he died. Well, and, and so, we would still be dead in our sins. Well, and we'd be dead in our sins. We'd have no hope. And Paul says that we would... Uh, uh, that we who fall asleep would stay asleep. There is no hope for anyone who has died. Yes. So, um, so we have. I lost your picture. What did you do? I'm coming back. I my wife doesn't know where I'm at. Are you this is hiding probably, from your wife. You know, I'm about 400 feet away. Uh, I'm telling her I am recording at the church. So wait, you're. You're Honey. texting your wife during our, our podcast? I, I am. Like, we're talking about the death of Jesus this, Christ. But this, <laughs> y- y- yes, but this isn't church, uh, and we can edit this part out. W- where are you? I am sitting in my office. In, in the church building? Uh, in the church building. That's hilarious. Yeah, so just in case you didn't know, Bobby and I, uh, we still love to get together. We're going to still try to get together as much as we can, but there are times that it doesn't work for us to drive the 130 miles back and forth. So we got these microphones, and we can record um, at our own places. So sometimes that brings up... That makes things a little interesting, like getting a text message right in the middle of talking about the crucifixion. Well, just just to continue on that thought and and to keep moving us forward... Which uh, thought? I don't even know where we're at. Oh, man. The crucifixion. Got it. Moving towards, moving towards the greatest event in all of history, moving towards the hour for which I came, which, which Jesus speaks in the book of John. And I think we talked about this. Uh, uh, man, it's so hard. I, I, things get jumbled up. Uh, but we've been talking about it as we've been going through John at Hope. Uh, Jesus refers to the hour. Like, my hour has not come. Like, when, when um, his mom in John 2 comes and says, hey, they're out of wine. <laughs> and Jesus looks at her and says, what does that have to do with me, woman? My hour has not come. Yeah. Uh, and then to his brothers, when his brothers try to get him to go to Jerusalem and do a bunch of public miracles, and so to kind of prove himself, because even his brothers don't believe him, and his response was, my hour has not come. But then you get to John 17. You get to the night that he was betrayed, and you read him say, Father, the hour has come. The hour for what? And then he continues, glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him all authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So what's so amazing there is you have what? At the cross, God is going to be glorified. Well, at the cross, the father will glorify the son. And in the glorifying of the Son, the Father is glorified also. Um, 
And of course, we know like from Hebrews 12, uh, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact imprint of God's glory. So to glorify the Son is to glorify the Father. And so as, as the Father glorifies the Son at the cross, then thus he is being glorified. Yeah, and, and the cross appears to be the, I don't want to, maybe, maybe the apex at least, at least the apex of Jesus' earthly ministry in which he reveals his glory. He reveals the glory of God. Like even more important than miracles, um, when he goes to the cross, what, what is God displaying? What is he showing us? He's showing us that God is both just and that he will punish sins, uh, and he's showing us that he is love, and that he he loved the world, and which is why he redeemed humanity. For God so loved the world, he sent his only Son. And so you see on the cross the full mercy of God uh, displayed for us. That's a big part of what Romans nine is about. Um, uh, that the riches of his mercy would just be seen, would be lavished upon um, his children. Uh, so what what we see in that hour is, and I think you you wrote it down too. God has given the Son authority to give eternal life, right? That this is how this is how I give eternal life. This is how I save. This is how I bring peace. We were talking about Palm Sunday. If only you knew, if only you knew what 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 would bring you peace. And right. and here Jesus is on the cross breaking down the, the, the wall, the dividing wall of hostility between man and God and between man and man, between Jews and Gentiles. And here he is providing peace um, for all of humanity. That, that was his hour. That's what happened in that hour. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so much that we can talk about when it comes to what actually happens at the cross and all that God is accomplishing at that moment. Yeah, just going to going back to that John 17. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and then coming to verse four, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. What's interesting in verse four, Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet. Yet he says, I've accomplished the work you gave me to do. So yeah. it's so sure what he is going to do that he talks about it as if it's already been accomplished. Mm-hmm. That's just incredible. Uh, like we, we actually can't talk like that because we're not in control of all events. We don't actually know what will happen in the future. But Jesus is so sure. He's so confident yeah. about what is about to happen. I mean, this is the purpose. This is the hour in which he has come that he says before he's gone to the cross, I have accomplished, which only at the cross does he accomplish that which God desires him to do. Okay, so this might be going down a little bit of a theological rabbit hole, but... Um, just just based on that idea that Jesus is so confident. Why is he confident? Because he's sovereign. Yeah. I mean, continually, as he says, my hour has not come. I mean, he's sovereign over his hour. Um, there, there, is, there is no willing on man's part that could deter, that could debunk, that could throw off 
this hour. Right. He, God ordained it. And that brings, yeah, the whole idea of, of God's sovereignty over all events, over all things. Um, like Acts, what? Acts 2.23 says, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. So Peter, as he preaches, he says, you know, Jesus was delivered according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. This isn't, while, while man is responsible and man is doing this, but he's doing that which God has has sovereignly declared for man to do. Uh, and th- there's mystery there. And so if you're listening, these are not things that, that it's easily necessary to marry together, uh, the sovereignty of God and yet how man uh, makes his choices and, and the freedom that man has. What we see that both are true, man does make choices. We see that God is sovereign over all things. And yet these are not enemies of one another, um, but yet they're friends. They, uh, they work together. We see both truths throughout the scripture. Uh, but God, but you're right, Jesus is is God. He is eternal. He knows all things. Uh, and so he knows exactly what is about to happen on this, on that night. Well, and, and part of it is, here's the other thing. God planned the death of Jesus. Well, let's go to the next text because it, it yeah. kind of, we set out like three texts, John 17, Isaiah 53. And then, and I wrote down another one, Romans three twenty-five. Uh, but let's look at Isaiah 53, because what we wanted to do just uh, on this Good Friday is just bring out about three texts that just highlight what happened on this day. And so, uh, for one, in John 17, we see that the Son is glorified and the Father is glorified at the cross. Um, in Isaiah 53, we see really um, what God has appointed to happen on this day. And uh, you got it? You want to read a couple of it? Yeah, I'll read I'll read some of that. And, and part of it, you know, we're going to different places in the Bible. We have to realize the book of Isaiah was, was written hundreds of years before Jesus, and even before crucifixion was invented. Yeah, 700 plus years. So, so you're looking at uh, years before, in fact, it, it describes, parts of Isaiah describe the crucifixion, and that method hadn't even been invented yet. Hmm. That, that, that his side would be pierced, hadn't been invented. Um, all right. Well, as I look at Isaiah 53. Why don't, you just, why don't you start in just verse 5 and go through like verse 10. Sure. Well, how about we'll back up to 4. So surely See, he has borne I our knew, griefs. I knew you couldn't just do following simple instructions. <laughs> like, like just verse 5. No, let's do verse Why don't we do verse 3? Well, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay, that's it, man. I'm going to verse one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chapter one. Chapter verse one, one. Isaiah one. We're just going to read the whole thing. Uh, Fifty-three, verse four. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that was before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. 
by oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for this generation, who considered that he was cut off for the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet, and here it is, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Hmm. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he will bear their iniquities. There, I'll, I'll finish with this last verse, verse 12. Therefore, I'll, whatever you want. Okay. I'll, <laughs> just don't tell me what to do, man. Therefore, I will divide him a, a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Who bears the sin of many? What man can bear another man's sin? Yeah. Can you can you bear my sin, Nick? No. Nope. I mean, in in reality, we can't bear our own sin, which is why um, we suffer under the eternal wrath of God, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if we could bear our son our sin, if we could actually pay it, then we could pay the debt, but we can't, which is why God's wrath is eternal. Which which is what's amazing is is as we come here and we, and we read like this text. And we read, he's pierced for our transgressions. He's crushed for our iniquities. Um, Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Um, He was oppressed. He was afflicted. So he takes our sins. He takes the punishment that we should have deserved, which would have have, uh, required us to be under the wrath of God for all of eternity. And he pays it at the cross, at his death. He is able, because he is God, yeah. and because, because he is man, he's able to stand in our place. Because he is God, he is able to absorb the full wrath of God, and he's able to pay the penalty so that yeah. we can be forgiven. And that, that's what's amazing is, like verse 5, upon him, the chastisement that brought us peace, with his wounds we are healed. Mm-hmm. There is no healing apart from Jesus. Only by his wounds we are healed. And then, of course, verse 10, which is kind of what led us here, we see it's the will of the Lord the to crush the, him. Will of God. Yeah. So Jesus isn't Jesus isn't trying to to save us from an angry angry daddy. You know, he's not coming down saying, "No, no, Father, no, spare these people. Don't hurt them." He, he's not trying to save us as if he and, and the Father are at odds with one another. But it's the Lord's will yeah. to crush the Son. It's the Son's will, as we saw in John seventeen, to come that he would be glorified for the purpose of glorifying the Father. So they're working in perfect unity here. And this is, this is God's plan. Um, when we go all the way back to the garden, we read that one day the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. That's all leading to here. Yeah. This is the crushing of the serpent when Jesus comes to die on the cross. And so when we think Good Friday, we have to realize it is good because we had one stand in our place. Mm-hmm. And it was God's will for Jesus to come, to die in our place, that by his wounds, that by his stripes, we would be healed. 
Well, just on the notion that Jesus, uh, the Son, and God the Father aren't at odds with each other. Uh, Jesus continually says in the book of John, I only do what my Father tells me to do. Yeah. I only say That's what good. he tells me to say. We're, we're of one accord. Um, uh, so you see this perfect unity uh, between the Father and the Son as they carry out the plan of redemption, um, which ultimately is Jesus on the cross. And so it was, it was both the will of the Father and the will of the Son uh, to save a broken, rebellious, and condemnable humanity, which is what yeah. you and I, I mean, perpetuate every day. It was, it was the will of God to redeem us. Um, and, you know, you look at verse 7. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, talking of Jesus, yeah. yet he opened not his mouth. Yeah. So we have God's will is to crush him, and you have Jesus humbly and perfectly submitting to the Father's will. He's not, he's not refusing, he's not rejecting, he's not resisting, but yet he's humbly following that which the Father has ordained, which he is being empowered by the Spirit, so that he would walk and do that which God has called him to do. I, I love, I mean, this text is, is just yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we see that played out in the, in the gospel. I mean, you know, Herod uh, questioned him. Um, Pilate. Pontus Pilate. Pontus Pilate questioned well, him. Pilate wanted to release him. And Pilate wanted to release him. And, and, I mean, he did. It's not that he didn't speak to Pilate, but he, he, didn't, he didn't address or defend himself. No. He didn't, he didn't address his accusers or defend himself. Um, uh, which which well, he could have. When, he, when he's in the garden and Peter cuts off the guy's ear, doesn't, doesn't he say, isn't that there? Doesn't he say, uh, couldn't I at any moment call upon a legion of angels? Yeah. yeah. I mean, at, at any moment, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus could have destroyed anyone yeah. and everyone. But yeah. he humbly submitted to the authorities here on earth as a means of submitting to the Father that that he would accomplish this salvation. Um, and can we go to the next text? Let's do it. Because uh, I, I really love Romans 3 here. Uh, I, so many times I've been asked the question, you know, how is it that people in the Old Testament were, were saved? How is it that their sins were forgiven? Yes. Um, so as we come and we look, you know, at, at John 17, we see Jesus comes to, to glorify the Father, that he would be glorified, and, and that eternal life would be open. We see it in Isaiah 53, that it's through the death of Jesus. So we, we understand that Jesus comes to be our propitiation, to absorb the very wrath of God. And, and yet, in Romans, what we read also is that it explains how God has been patient in the past to overlook sins in the sense of not bringing judgment right away upon people. And, and the cross actually justifies God in justifying sinners. We read that in uh, Romans 3.25. It says, uh, Whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness 
because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over sins. So here we see he's, he's passed over sins. Um, he's been patient with those in the Old Testament. Um, it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And so in verse 25, what we see is Jesus comes and, and he pays the penalty for, for all past, present, and future for those who have sinned against God. So that's the reason in the Old Testament, when Moses sinned, when Abraham sinned, when, when anyone in the Old Testament had sinned, that God doesn't just throw lightning bolts at him right away, but yet he's patient with them so that knowing that in time when he sends his son, that their sins would be paid for um, because of their faith in him. And, and then in 26, we see uh, it was to show his righteousness at the present time. So he, so God would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So, so how is it that you and I are not you know, thrown into hell? How is it that we can be forgiven? Is God not just wiping our sins underneath the rug? No, Jesus comes and pays the penalty. So God is just in forgiving us. Well, to answer, to go back to that question, uh, we are saved today the same way yeah. that the saints of old were saved. is is by faith that's counted to us as righteousness. Right. Uh, the same way Abraham was saved. The, the difference is we know who the Son and the Messiah is. We know how God has saved us through his son. Right. But but the truth of the matter is, I mean, back up two more verses and it's even more clear, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Like it's, yeah. it, it even for the, the saints of old, it was the redemption through Christ Jesus. All of history, all of it points to his sacrifice on the cross as which, our saving which grace. Which means if there was no Jesus, then... Then there's no Abraham being saved. No. There's, there's no anyone being saved. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. No, I, I man, there's so many texts that we could look at. So many. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, when you think about it, the whole Bible, it is is moving us towards the person, uh, the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and it's here on Good Friday that, that we must realize that because of this day, we have hope because yeah. our sins have been paid for because yeah. Jesus has taken and done what we could not do, um, paid the penalty for our sins. Well, and that's, you know, if we were to just apply this just briefly, We tend to, as human beings, justify ourselves, don't we? Yeah. In, in our actions, um, and and if you're honest enough with yourself, you'll see how short you fall, day in day out. Um, not just being imperfect, but but really being wretched, you know. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that's the condition that all of humanity. Has, has fallen into because of sin. And and there is, because we have a conscience, this standard by which we know we ought to live. Um, and we either are justified by Jesus 
knowing we can't make that standard or we try to justify ourselves according to a different standard. We either try to change the standard or we accept that Jesus is a standard and we can only be justified through him. And that's the only way we can have peace. And uh, Just Romans 5, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, whom we've also obtained access by, f- by faith into this grace. And check this out. In this grace in which we stand, like we, we can stand confidently, firmly. It's in- texts like that that show us that, you know, when we wrestle with anxiety, when we wrestle with, you know, are we secure? Yeah. You know, um, it, it, is there hope in the future? Does God love me? It's when you come to a text like this where, where you see that, yes, the cross demonstrates the very love of God. It's through this that we are now justified, declared righteous. Yet you're right that we now have peace, that we now stand in the very grace of God. It's as we meditate on these truths, as we know these truths, that they get ingrained more upon our soul, uh, that we do. We have peace. That that we have assurance of our salvation, that we have confidence in our God, that he loves us yeah. and, and that we're even more bold in our evangelism because we better understand there is only hope in Jesus. Yeah. Well, hey, with that, Nick, do you want to pray us out? Yes. Yes, I do. Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. And we, we praise you. We just praise you right now. We praise you for being holy and righteous and just. We praise you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross, that he would be glorified, that you would be glorified, that you would be just and justifying sinners because our sins have been paid for at the cross. God, we thank you that eternal life has been given to us in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I I just pray for anyone listening to this that they would better know the truths of your word regarding your son and that they would rest in the salvation that your son gives. Lord, and I pray that as we come into Good Friday that we would rejoice on this day. Father, help us to be bold in sharing the truth of this day of what has happened with our friends with our loved ones. And God, may we know that this day is good because Easter comes. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus does not stay dead, but he arises from the grave, victorious over sin, death, and Satan. And so God, we thank you for your son. We thank you that by grace we are saved. And it's not through works. It's not by us having to to work and do some, some feat in order to be forgiven. But it's all accomplished through your son, Jesus. In your wonderful name, Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for listening to Satisfied. You can find us at www.satisfiedinchrist.life where we will have resources and other things related to today's topic. And we want to say have a wonderful Good Friday. I I know you're like closing this out, but let's throw that resource up there by John Piper, 50 Reasons for the Cross. Mm -hmm. So there's a book. Piper gives 50 reasons. Each chapter is like a page and a half. Super short, amazing, just uh, scripture-filled book all about just just why Christ came and all the various things that he accomplishes. uh, And what's great about that, 
What's good about that is he has it for free on his website, both in a Kindle form or PDF. Um, Which or if you, you can, go to um, satisfiedinchrist.life, we'll have links for. We'll have it up. Have a great day. That was a great ending we just did. Thank you. I think, yeah, we should do that again. Sh- shouldn't we have it, like, pre-recorded now? <laughs> uh, yeah, it should be done already. All right. Uh, <laughs>